ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, welcome to Tap Tuesday, brought to you by Titanium Archery Product. Dedicated archers deserve truly elite products that provide all of the performance attributes that they demand. And that's exactly what TAP delivers. This week, I sat down with Derek DePew of Mountain Hunter Box. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Derek DePew of Mountain Hunter Box. Derek, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for sitting down with me. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we'll just jump right into it, man. Why don't you give us a little bit of an intro for folks uh, that don't know who you are, and then we'll start talking about uh, your hunting and outdoor life, and then we'll jump into Mountain Hunter Box. All right. Uh, my name is Derek DePew. I am the owner of Mountain Hunter Box. Um, I'm a police officer, and I'm a hunter, fisher, conservationist, all of the above. Um. I've been hunting since I was, I would say around five or six. And I didn't really start deer hunting until I was like 10 or 12 around there. Um, he'd take me out scouting, but he wouldn't let me hunt until I, I, I had been around 10, 10 or 12. Now, is that the age, then, uh, in, is that the age in, in Indiana there where you're at or? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, it's, it's pretty liberal here. I've got buddies that take their kids out when they're four or five years old. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to start getting my little man out just out and about. I take him out in the woods and sometimes I'll just take him down to the property and we'll have lunch or we'll just hang out, let him walk around, wander. He's only three, but it's nice to get him out. Mm-hmm. Never too early to start sharing that experience, man. Not at all. Not at all. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Derek. Go ahead and finish. That's all right. Yeah, giving us your. Giving us your background there. Sure. So, uh, I'm a police officer. Uh, I've been doing that for quite a while. (laughs) 
I got quite a few years left, but still exciting every day. I enjoy going to work. Also, uh, I was injured on a job and that's kind of how I rolled into the mountain hunter box. I, uh, was off my feet and on the couch. I tore my bicep and my shoulder. And I decided that I couldn't just sit around. I had to do something. I, I mean, I was bored out of my mind. And I happened to come across Bowhunter Box. And I thought, well, that'd be cool. And it just so happened I was planning my, my first elk hunt out west. So I decided, you know, I, everywhere I looked, every forum, Facebook post, everything. It's guys, what should I do with this? What, you know, what boots, what this, what that always asking your questions constantly. And I thought, man, you know, while I haven't been in the mountains a whole lot, I've, I've got over 30 years of hunting experience. So, I mean, I think, I think I can add to this, you know, I can help out where I can. And obviously I, you know, in doing so, uh, I learned a whole lot. And along the way, um, I was able to get in contact with a couple guys that do subscription boxes. And these guys, you know, they really helped me out. Um, just, you know, anytime I had a question, I'd, I'd call them up, hey, what's this, what's that? And, you know, they, they really set me straight. So uh, it really helped, A, with the recovery mentally with my shoulder and my arm, and it really helped me uh, get back on track, especially with the elk hunt coming up. You know, it just kind of fell into place. Mm -hmm. So would you just start exploring different gear? And So <clears throat> for the first box, you know, I had, I had, uh, I had no idea what I was going to do for it. I had this thing going and I was only a few weeks out and I was like, man, where am I going to, where am I even going to begin? There's so many avenues, you know, and, uh, my new bear season was coming up and I thought, man, all these other boxes, they're doing turkey boxes, this, that, and the other. And I thought, let me throw a bear hunting box together. I mean, let me see what I can come up with, you know? And I reached out to caribou gear and Sitka and both called me back and both were on board right away. That was awesome. You know, that was, a. that's when it started becoming real. You know, I, I I was like, how do you contact these companies and how, you know, how do they get on board? But you know, once, once you get on and you talk with them a little bit, most of them are, are pretty accepting. You know, they, they like the concept, the idea it gets their product in people's hands. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of the boxes that I send out, I, I ask the co companies that I order from, Hey, uh, shoot me a coupon code, put in the box that way. They've got their hands on your product. Now, you know, they're more probably more willing to purchase from you. So especially the smaller companies, you know, there are, I, I get quite a few inquiries throughout, throughout the week, you know, I'll get several emails asking, Hey, you know, but you know, with that, it's great, but I don't want to just throw gimmicks. You know, I don't want to just fill the box with stuff. I, I want to make sure that what I'm putting in there is something people are going to use. Right. Some value to it. Yeah. And while I know I'm not going to outfit their pack or outfit their hunt, my main goal here is just to get stuff in people's hands to try out. Because, I mean, how many times you go in a store and you, you look around and, you're, and you walk out? I, I can tell you, every time I go into Cabela's, I pick something up and I put it back down and I walk out. You know, I, I don't know why I do it. 
I'll, I'll go back in there. I'll probably pick the same thing up three or four times, you know, and I just, I never pull the trigger. I never buy it. I don't know why, but this way they don't know what's coming. They get it. And you know, what's funny is, uh, Jonathan from, uh, Kong Valley. <laughs> he told me, he says, you know, it was awesome. I opened the box. I was, I was looking and I believe it was the Reed stash. And he says, man, he said, I, I was wanting one. And I just, I almost bought one. I was like, nah, I don't need it. And then I opened the box and one was in there. <laughs> He's yeah. like, sweet. So, you know, and that's the type of thing I like to hear. I, I, I like to know that, you know, my customers are getting good use out of what, what I'm sending them. If, uh, you know, in all honesty, if it's junk, tell me it's junk. I want to know. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You know, I, I, that's the only way we're going to get better. And there's something about, like you said, you walk into Cambela's or Bass Pro or, you know, sportsman's warehouse where depending on where you're at. And, uh, there's those three or four things, man, you're looking and you're tinkering. And for me, I don't put them down. I always end up buying the damn things anyway, but, uh, <laughs> there's just an accumulation of stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And from the boxes that right. I've seen, you know, you put out, I don't, I don't know that there's anything that I've seen that, that wouldn't go out in the field at some point with me. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> and you know what? I, I don't get a lot of feedback from anybody. So I, I'm no news is good news. Right, you know, that's right. the way I look at it. If I'm not hearing anything, then that's great. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, what, what box was that, that I was looking at recently? It's an older box. I think it was right before Christmas. I always look at it like the preparedness thing. It had like the typhoon matches, a little stove. Oh, that was stove. so I really screwed the pooch on that one. Did you? So, <laughs> that, yeah, that looked like a really good box to me. Yeah, it was awesome. And had I known how well it was going to go over, I would have ordered way more. So I, I, I had tons of emails after I shipped that box and people got to see what it was. Hey, you got any more of those? I, literally the day I shipped, I sold the last one. And Nine times out of 10, I usually, I try to order a little extra. So I have five to 10 boxes left over. I can throw up on the website in case people see it, you know, and they can pick them up. But, uh, I did that, but they went anyway, you know, they all sold and I still get inquiries. Hey, you got, I remember seeing a box with, with, uh, MSR pocket rocket and those Zippo matches. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That one sold pretty quick. I don't have any more of those. Yeah. That's a, that was a nice box, man. Yeah. And I lucked out on that one. They, uh, I didn't think they were on board, they, you know, MSR. And one of their salesmen called me and it had been, it was like three months later. So I was initially planning on doing that box uh, in June, but uh, it's all right. It all came together. <clears throat> oh, okay. Being able to reach out to the other subscription boxes. I, I don't want to say it's odd, but that's kind of surprising, right? If you're if you're trying to get into that that same you know market, um, sure, you know, and attack that that like demographic, um, you think that guys would kind of shun that, right? That you're they're helping. Yeah, the and you know what? I'll be honest. It 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 was more. I, they weren't like, hey, do this, do that. But if I had a question they would answer that question directly. Like to me personally, I don't care if there's a hundred companies that are doing this, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, and, and if, if a guy's got questions, he wants some help, it, 
I don't care what he's selling. I don't care if he's doing the exact same thing. I'm going to help him out. I know what it's like. I'm, I'm telling you, I started this with absolutely zero, zero business experiences. <laughs> so I, I failed a lot. And, I, and I'm still, I still fail. You know what I'm saying? But that's okay because that's how I'm growing. Um, but yeah, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, again, Jonathan, he was talking about uh, Outdoor Threads with Sawyer and uh, great guys, great guys. I, I, I don't, you know, and he's like, well, you're not going to be upset. I'm like, dude, do it. It's a great company. They're doing solid things. Uh, it hurt my, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> great, man. Buy what you want. Do what you want. It's awesome. If you be- and if you believe something, then then that's what you should that's what you should stand behind. What what stands out a little bit to me too is the fact that it's the outdoor community or the hunting community, and guys are sticking together even in the face of you know the dollar sign. Um, and, you're not in business not to make money, right? And you know one one thing I've seen, and more so, it's surprising because on the whitetail side there's not a lot of, at least from what I've experienced, there's not a lot of guys that are just willing to step out and help you where me planning my first elk hunt, like it was unreal, the support I've seen and just watching, uh, you know, things online and and social media and how people treat each other, uh, Western big game or, you know, whatever the backcountry style hunting, it's, it's unreal how they're willing to help if you're willing to put in a work, guys are willing to say, Hey, let, you know, this is what you should do. Or and it's unreal. It's unreal. That's awesome to hear that, man. So right off the bat, I would have to say that that has to, has something to do with the availability of public access, right? I mean, back in the Midwest and down South and it's a lot of sure. you know, private and leases and getting permission out here in the West, That's man. You pretty much this, everything. Yeah. You got this big open country and guys know that, you know, yeah, you might cross a guy or two, but if you're putting in, you know, putting in those boot miles, man, you know, it's not going to hurt to help anybody out. That's, that's a good damn job. Western hunters way to be. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And you know, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, um, with the limited access and that's, that's more than likely why guys are the way they are. I, I know what it's always been is ask your neighbor to go hunt their property. Yeah, sure. Well, now you've got big leasing companies leasing on the private ground and leasing it out for an absorbent amount of money. And, you know, that's what everybody has to turn to. So I, I understand why they're so apprehensive about helping somebody. I mean, I've, <laughs> believe it or not, I've had guys that I've contacted that I knew, you know, maybe lost a lease or didn't have anywhere to hunt. Said, hey, man, I just picked up a new lease or I'm going to go look at a new lease. You want to come with me? At, you know, I know you lost your lease. You need somewhere to hunt. Yeah, sure. Where's that at? Okay. And then they lease it out from under me. Oh, man. So, so I, I understand why, <laughs> why it is the way it is, which is why I guess it was so incredible to me to see how helping that, uh, this the other side was how helping they were and and understanding so i'm gonna just take us there man since we're we're already kind of walking down that path um what brought you out west to chase these elk so while i was down on injury um 
I just got on Facebook. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you what group it was. Um, and I said, Hey, uh, I'm down and out. I'm tired of watching TV. I need something, you know, these hunting videos that I have. I, I'm, and it was kind of mid season where none of the new episodes are out. It's all reruns. I've seen pretty much everything that's airing on TV. And, uh, I'll be honest with you. Computers aren't my thing either. So YouTube, I'm not a, I'm not a YouTube guy. I don't, I don't watch a lot of YouTube stuff and I know it's the way, you know, <laughs> know that's where everything's <laughs> headed. That's pretty much everything that, that I'm interested in is on YouTube. So, um, yeah. So a couple guys said, why don't you watch this, uh, land of the free? And I said, well, you know, what's that? And he says, oh, some guys, a group of guys, they go out and they hunt over-the-counter elk no guides you know no outfitters they do it all on their own i'm like huh that sounds interesting so uh i started watching the series and man i was hooked <laughs> from from there I, I was like man this is this is doable you know like this this is possible and uh so i immediately called my dad i probably watched four episodes and he he'd been here quite a bit because literally i had to relearn how to use my right arm i couldn't use i had no functionality in it so i told him i said you know this is this is something we can do and i know it's you know him and i've talked about it you know just going with an outfitter and you know, saving up a few years and just doing it but you know in all actuality family life everything else it's just not for your average joe it's just not feasible you know so he's like, oh, and, and, and my old man, he's, he's pretty apprehensive about everything, you know? So he's like, oh, I don't know. So he starts watching it with me. He's like, man, I, I think you're right. I think, and a lot of times too, he'll just wait to see if I take the initiative to do it and then he'll jump on board. So that's pretty much how that happened. And I started, I, I bought some books uh, and uh, just on elk habitat and elk behavior and, uh, just consumed me from there. I mean, literally consumed me and it couldn't have come at a better time. I was, <laughs> so this whole public or publicized television internet in the hunting industry is just, I, I truly believe is just killing, uh, killing the hunting industry. I, I, I have truly, I went from having a good time to going out and just beating myself to death. And I'd let three and a half, nice three and a half year old deer, four and a half year old deer walk because there were two deer that I was, you know, I had to hunt. And there was a point where I went five years without killing a buck. Eesh. So what was that? Yeah. Living, trying to live up to that, uh, that I think uh, so. social media expectation. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I think I, I think and a lot he, of folks fall victim to that, man. And it's it's so and I don't want to say it's unrealistic because it can be done, but when you don't have access to property that you could properly manage. So I, I lease ground, yeah, but I can't plant food plots. I can't I have to go strictly, I have to watch, you know, their behavior and and, and their patterns and things like that. <clears throat> which change every year. So it makes it even more difficult. I don't, you know, so anyway, uh, I was really beating myself up. And then I was at a point where, you know, I just, I was starting to die off. Like the passion wasn't there that I, that I'd always had. 
so so that this <clears throat> this elk hunt couldn't have come at a better time because it I mean it literally just really lit a fire under me. That's awesome. So I mean that brought something up that I hadn't really thought about before, but hearing you say, you know, watching Land of the Free sparked a fire. So, you know, kind of contrasting statements there, you know, with social media, you know, having that negative influence, right? It's uh it's good and it's evil in that respect. Um, you know, if watching Land of the Free with the Born and Raised guys, you know, that sparked that interest and, and got that yeah. that fire lit again, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and you know what? Because I I that was that wasn't the norm. I really think what they did, they, they revolutionized, you know what I mean? That's not the norm going out and just going out and killing a bull on TV. It wasn't, you know, now mind you, a couple of the guys passed some bulls, but it wasn't the majority of it was there's, there's a, there's a legal bull killing. And I, I, maybe that had something to do with it. I really don't know, but it it just, it, it wasn't the norm of what you watch on TV every day where, you know, Oh, he's not, you know, he's not mature. We got to let him go. He's not mature. We got to let him go. You know, it, it, it was just guys out there, friends out there having a good time, you know, doing what they love. And I, and I think that's the part that really just got me fired up. Like I get it right. Let, you know, let that deer walk, especially if you're, you know, on lease land or something and, and you could afford to do that. Right. If you're, right. you know, if you're right. managing that herd, like you said, um, but for a guy that's hunting public land or a guy that, you know, gets to hunt, you know, maybe a solid week using some vacation time, um, taking days off and then a weekend here and there, you know, fitting it in. Yeah. That's not realistic, man. I, I know I can look back at the antlers I have, man, and there's some, you know, I'll call them dinks, but, uh, you know, each of them has, uh, has a special place, right. For that season. So that yeah. whole, you know, I get it. The mature buck thing. Um, if you're in an area, you know, that, uh, you're not going to see bucks get to that, you know, ripe old age because of the pressure, because someone else is going to shoot them. I mean, you have to be aware of all that, right. To, before you make that decision to let them walk. Sure. And, and even if, even if it's a little more difficult for the deer to get to the later age, if you, like you said, if you had the time to invest in that, but you know, like me, it'd be two days a week. Three, maybe three days a week, or if I got vacation time, then I can take an extra week. But still, that's not enough. No, <laughs> I you know, and I, I I hunted public land for pretty much the first half of my life. That's that's it. It was that's all we had, and there was no way <laughs> anything <walking>. that walked. <laughs> if it's walking, it's dying because you know you don't get many opportunities. Well, it's like last year for me, man, I hunted our archery season and I think it's five weeks and went out every week. It was a hundred to 116 degrees. And I had this big old four by five that I chased and chased and ch I just could not close the distance. Couldn't seal the deal. There was weekends. I couldn't find them. And, uh, my elk hunt was looking me in the face. I had one, one weekend to go and, uh, man, I went back out went to the same area i saw a nice little legal forked and uh i said you know what he's done i'm not wasting <laughs> i'm not wasting any more energy on this deer that's been beating me for over a month man but i'm leaving yeah. home you know leaving home friday at you know 10 10 30 make it a four or five hour drive 
barely sleeping and then just pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding, you know, and it's like, man, you just got to make, you know, you want that, that big old mature guy, right? There's a reason he's kicking your ass. Yeah. But yeah, at some point we got to wise up and just, uh, just Just have fun. Yeah. Take the opportunity and feel good about it. And, uh, man, I was ecstatic for that little buck. (laughs) You know, that the big dude's still haunting me and i'm trying to figure out if i'm gonna chase him this year um he's still there sure. but i don't know if i'm gonna because it's always fun it. yeah well 116 degrees i'm not gonna not gonna bs you it was no fun but it was something about <laughs> just you know keep pushing and pushing and pushing you know you can't throw in the towel i wasn't yeah. gonna let the weather beat me if the deer beat me i'm i'm totally fine with that but uh yeah sure it, wasn't that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was it. I, I'd called a buddy of mine and it was funny. So for the, during those five years that I hadn't killed a buck, it was always him and I were the last two out of all the buddies that we knew that hunted. We were always the last two that weren't tagged out. We were always trying to punch tag last. And uh, I'd called him. And I'm like, I just, I, I don't know. You know, I was, that was him hawing, poor me. Right. And he goes, why don't you just shoot the first deer that walks up on you? It's going to feel good. I promise. <laughs> and I was like, cause man, that big eight, you know, I, I'm, right. I'm running through my head. I know it's out there and stupid trail cameras have done that to me. I think that's, what's really done it to me. Cause you see what's out there. Um, and he's like, look, he says, I get it. He says, but to what extent are you willing to go? You know, you're, you're miserable. You're not even enjoying this. I was like, you know what? You're right. Next day I went out, climbed in a tree stand, uh, two and a half year old, uh, it was a 12 pointer and I, I shot him and wait, 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 I, did you just, you just said a two yes. and a half year old 12 pointer. Yeah. <laughs> so you went yeah. from a, a mature eight to a, to a two and a half year old 12. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound yeah. like much of a trade off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so he, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he spindly rack. Yeah, he had the points, but he, you know, real, real narrow real frame. Point. Yeah, but I mean, he was just the just outside or just to the inside of his ears. He was a nice buck. There was nothing wrong with him, you know. But normally, I wouldn't shoot a deer like that. But he came in. He came in a decoy, and I said, "You know what? This is it. I'm shooting him." And I did, and it was. I felt great. I mean, I felt great. Broke that cycle. And, and, and then after that, you know, I've, I've just been having fun. If I, you know, I go in and I, I have an idea of, you know, what I've decided, what I'll shoot and what I won't. And, but if that day arises and something walks by, I say, you know, I'll shoot it. And then I, I don't, you know, then I'm not pressured. I don't put that much pressure on myself. So with the trail cams though, I mean that, so for me, I don't run that many, right? I, I have three or four that I'll put out, and and some years I don't even touch them. They just stay put away in their little Rubbermaid. Um, sure. But for me, I use them more so not to identify a deer and say, "Oh, that's who I'm going after," but to identify what's going on in the area, right? So I'll I'll strategically right. place them in an area to see, you know, what kind of movement I'm getting and time of day, et cetera. But. I think that's a problem too, right? When you start looking at the cams and you see that, you know, that big eight point, you know, five, six year old deer and you're going, that's him. And it doesn't matter that he's only on there between one thirty and three in the morning. You're going to chase right. him all freaking year. You are, you are, you're going to beat yourself to death yeah, over it for, for a hope that he may, 
he may pull off of that nocturnal pattern. Yeah, which he may do twice a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and only for one day. You know what I'm saying? Like that the odds are are just astronomical. There's just but yeah, you know, and that's so I try to run the trail cams to get pictures of does. I want to know what the does are doing. I want to know what their patterns are. And 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 you know, even the bucks, I don't if I get them on trail camera, I'm happy, especially if I get, you know, everybody gets gets happy when they get some mature deer on or whatever they're hunting, you know, on camera, that's always a, you know, it's always a self-esteem booster. Yeah. Well, that's half the fun of them, right. Too, is just, is just getting something on the camera. Like, Oh man, this is a great spot. Matter of fact, I don't know. Somebody followed me today. Damn it. I can't think of it. Man, I can't think of the name of this guy on Instagram. I'll have to send it to you. But on his, on his, uh, below his name, it says trail camologist. And this dude has a trail camera that has lions, wolves, bear, deer like crazy. I mean, it was just like, wow, this dude is wow. one camera. It is crazy to see everything he's <laughs> captured on that cam. <laughs> so, That's insane. how do we, how do we, reality check ourselves as hunters with with everything that we've talked about thus far right um social media influence um you know the trail cameras um you know chasing that big old mature buck and not you know you know air quote settling for uh sure a less mature buck how do we reality check ourselves and stay focused on the pursuit and the experience and not get caught up in all this BS. I think, I think to me it is, if that's what you want, then do it. But just know that it's, it's not know what, that what you're after is not as glorious as it is on TV. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of tough times, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, I guess, I guess you just have to be realistic. You know in your head where you're hunting, what you've experienced, and, and what what you're going to experience. You have an idea anyway, I should say. But, I mean, what I would say is have fun. Enjoy what you're doing. If you're not enjoying yourself, why are you doing it? What's the point? So you can post a picture of somewhere or show your buddies who – if that's the reason why you're hunting, uh, we, I mean, th- there's probably other issues there. Right. Hang it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's then it's not for you, but I mean, to each their own, I'm not saying, I, I mean, I post pictures and I, the first thing I do, I've got, there's three people when I harvest an animal that get a text, my dad's always first. And then I have two buddies that, that get a text right away. And, and then that's, that's pretty much it. And, you know, I'll throw something and now with my business account, I'll throw it up there for my mountain hunter box and, um, just to stay relevant. But I could tell you in all the animals that I've killed, I've killed quite a few white tails. Um, I've got a few on the wall and my first elk and I've, I've never scored one. I've never even taken the tape out for a single one. I'm the same uh, way, man. I, I've never measured. Uh, you know, lately, I'm not going to bullshit. I, lately, I've been curious on a couple just because I'm curious, but I've never, I've never taped yeah. anything. And, and, that, and that's, that's great. I mean, I, 
for the guys that do, that's awesome. I, you know, more power to you. I just, it's just not my thing. I, uh, I think that whatever my advice is, whatever you're doing, if you're doing it for yourself, awesome. Keep it up. Right. There's especially if you're happy doing it, there might be a level of kind of that evolutionary thing when it comes to that too. Right. If you're, if you're out chasing and, and you've been successful, right. And you're, and I'm, I'm hoping that, well, I guess it doesn't matter if a dude wants to measure, but for me, um, it's sort of like an evolution, right? Oh, okay. This, this deer was this big. Oh man, they're getting bigger. They're getting bigger. Now I got this, you know, 160 inch rack. I need to beat it every time. So I don't know that yeah. there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? I think there's maybe like this evolutionary climb, at least if that's where you started and you're working towards it. And now you're setting the goal of, I'm not shooting anything under 179 inches, right? <laughs> right? Or, you know, got that. 200 inch goal right and you're putting yourself in a position to go chase that 200 inch animal and you're okay with you know walking away empty-handed if you don't uh if you don't have the opportunity or if you blow an opportunity right, right? i don't know i just never been into the tape man yeah but i've been curious and, you know, I, and like i said you know i i did it i i i, I was after certain i i was the guy that's like oh i killed a what I would guess to be 140 inch whitetail. So now I, I, I got to wait for something better and I want to better myself. So I like mentally, I'm telling myself that that makes me a better hunter. You, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's just, and you know, I, what's crazy is you get to that point, like, but you got to realize that you're still learning so much. I still learn every time I hunt I, I, more you know, I'm learning more and more. Uh, I shot a whitetail or not me. My old man shot a whitetail two years ago. He shot a buck. The deer came in and bedded down. He looked injured. So he shot him. He was muzzleloader hunting. So, uh, he called me, said, I'm going to give him a couple hours. I'm going to let him go. That's all right. So we finished out the morning. I just probably around noon. I got down. I, I, I uh, we met up and he's on blood. And I said, all right, well, I'll help you blood trail. Well, he went on the neighbor's farm, called the neighbor I'm, I, I hunt with, and he's a good guy. You know, I said, Hey, this is what happened. He said, yeah, go ahead. So we hopped on to, we hopped the fence and literally the blood stops, right? We've all been there. Blood stops. And it was solid blood up until this point. So it's really mind boggling to me how, and, and, you know, he's like, Oh, I probably just clotted up. No, I don't think I, no, I, like to me, that wasn't good enough. I don't know why, but the, what struck me as odd was, you know, it, it hit this roadbed where you would see blood on this roadbed if, if he was bleeding, right? There's no blood. And in fact, I'm not even seeing his tracks where he crossed the road, this dirt. And I'm like, huh. And I picked my head up to look at the woods and the, the slight breeze hits me in the face. And I was like, huh? So I called the neighbor, the guy that I, we're on his farm. And I said, Hey, did you hunt this morning? He said, yeah. He said, I went out. He said, about, about nine, nine fifteen. I got out of the stand and I went and picked up the gator. We had to do some work on the food plot on the, on the other side of the property. So I'm thinking, hey, well, that's what happened. It was right. At, that was right after deer had gone out of sight and went in that direction. Was it like nine Oh five 
So I'm like, man, maybe he smelled something, maybe. And I turned and I start walking the blood trail backwards and I'm seeing blood on the opposite side of where the blood would be going the direction he was going. So I said, hey, I said, I think this deer backtracked. And sure enough, right where the deer had turned in that grass, he went back, he went the other direction. We just never saw it going, you know, following the blood, the way the blood was falling. Mm -hmm. We never saw the blood coming back. Big circle on you. This, this deer did this six times, six different times. He, he backtracked. And, and that was, that was something I, I never would have thought would have ever happened. You know, that, that doesn't, when you're blood trailing deer, you would never think the deer would go back the same way you just came from. So that, you know, that was something I learned. I'm like, now I, if I run out of blood or the blood stops or I know it, start walking back, backtrack it, see if you can, you know, come into where, yeah. But I mean, I've heard it a couple of times. I think I've heard it with doe. I'm not sure why yeah. I've heard it with, with doe, um, where people say they circled back on them. That's like a rabbit behavior. Yeah. You know, you go hunt a uh, rabbit and you miss him. He's going to run in a big old circle. So you, you know, keep watching. He's going to turn around on you. Yeah. yeah, it's a trip. So let's go back, man, to uh, chasing these elk, man, and, and getting out west here. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> so you were, you were becoming a student of it. Is I, I kind of think is where we left yeah. off before we tangent. It got yep. a couple books and. <laughs> back from there. Yeah, so I got some books and uh I started following whatever Facebook groups I could, which was probably not the best thing, but still was helpful. Um and in my travels, uh one of the guys I just happened to hop on and one of the guys had, was going on a tangent and gets booted out of this Facebook group and puts, Hey, I'm starting my own. I've had enough, right? So I follow him, whatever. And this page starts growing and him and I talk back and forth as the page grew. And it's uh, XO, XO Mountain Hunting and Mountain Gear. Now, they're not an affiliate of XO. It's just a guy that really loves his XO pack. So he started this group for XO users and for whoever else wants to hop in and just chalk, talk, you know. So after talking, he's, you know, he, he asks if I want to be a part of the page and just help things like that. So yeah, that's fine. Well, in doing this, um, we get to talking and you know, I was telling him, Hey, I'm coming out that way. He said, well, why don't, we got a spot, man. Why don't you hunt with us this year? And I go, Oh no, <laughs> I was planning for 2019. You know, I wasn't planning for 18. I was giving it two years. I wanted to make sure I was ready. And, uh, I was like, oh, man, dude, I said, that's going to be cutting it close. He's like, we're going in October. I said, oh, I go to back to work. And that's like when I'm supposed to be released from my doctor to go back to work. I'm like, I don't know if they'll give it off to me. So I, I called my deputy chief right then. I said, hey, I had this opportunity. It's right after I come back. And he said, yeah, we'll let you go. Awesome. I, I told him, I was like, you know, I missed all, all of last hunting season because I got injured in October. So I didn't get to hunt anything. And, uh, I said, this is something to really like, like to do, you know, especially before, um, my old man and I are going out there. I, I'd like to get an insight on, on how to do things. And in fact, I didn't plan on killing anything 
my main goal was just to learn. I wanted to go and learn. I wanted to, I didn't care. I was there to pack meat out, help set up, you know, just learn. And, uh, so these guys invited me. They, I mean, just, just awesome, awesome guys. I, I can't say enough about them. Uh, I stayed at the guy's house. Uh, his name's Jordan. Um, and also, you know, they fed me. I mean, it was just, it was unreal. <clears throat> so anyway, I, I talked to the wife. I said, I know I'm planning. <laughs> no, no, I got I to gotta take it up with the wife. Hey, I'm going on an elk hunt. Um, but I've been invited for this year. And I think it'd be a good opportunity. And she's like, well, if we can, you know, if we can make it work, then go ahead. I was like, sweet. You know, she's, she's super, my wife is awesome, super supportive. So it ended up happening. You know, I drove out there and I can tell you this, as prepared as I thought I was, I wasn't even close. I was nowhere near it. <laughs> not even on, I mean, not even on the same page. I, uh, and I'm usually in really good physical shape. Like I, I, I've always taken pride in that. And <laughs> I can tell you, I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> the mountains have a way of doing that to you, man. Even even for, you know, the guys that are out here that spend as much time as they do working out and, and getting out in the mountains, there's something about it when you get out in the season and you're putting yourself in, you know, getting off trail, right? That's where you really get your butt kicked is off trail. Yeah. And, you know, around here, I have sand dunes and they're 300, 400 foot gains, right? And in the sand with 60 pounds on your back, that is an absolute monster. I can tell you that it was, my legs never burned that bad in Colorado as they do here. Never. And it, thankfully I did that because I never had an issue out there with my legs. You know, I, my issue was with my lungs <laughs> and, and my, Miss, I had a pack issue with Mystery Ranch, and uh, I had to borrow a pack, and it wasn't fit for me. It was the wrong size, but I I took it and I went with it, you know. So after day one, I couldn't even lift my shoulders, like like they hurt that bad. But it was weird. I woke up the next day, I was fine, ready to rock. So that first night, I get there and we just hang out at his house, have a few beers. He's, you know, we're just introducing, talking. So we go get the camp set up the next day, and. I had a hard time driving in. Um, both of the passes were right around 11,000 feet. Every time coming off of them, it hit me like super dizzy, just trying to catch my bounce. I had to pull over on the side of the road. And uh, so I was concerned because camp was at 9,500 feet. So I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and, uh, but everything was okay. I think the stay, staying the night at about 7,000 feet the night before. I think that that's what really helped me. Yeah, definitely acclimate. Yeah. So that night we went on a small hike, just kind of, it was a Friday before, uh, opening day rifle, a uh, second rifle. And, you know, everything, I, I was fine on the hike. I just took my time and everything was good. So that night we're on the campfire and the plan was just to go all go. Right. Well, there were five of us in camp. And uh, Chris Horton from Elk Addicts was there with his dad and Jeremy Ansel, which was the guy that runs that page that invited me. 
in Jordan and then their buddy Gus. So they're like, well, we'll just all go out together. I said, well, I, I, I could care less. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm a guest. So whatever you guys say, that's, that's what we're doing. doing. And, uh, Gus said, no, that's dumb. <laughs> he said, let's just split up two, two and two and we'll all go and we'll cover more ground. That way, if we get on elk, we can let everybody else know. And, uh, I didn't know any better that these guys were, I, I mean, they, they, they call him Gus the goat for a reason. Right. So we get up in the morning and we get, we get going and we get to the spot, we get parked and I hop out of the truck. I throw my pack on. I don't think I made it 70 yards from the truck and I was huffing. I mean, immediately, I had nothing. I was, I couldn't even, I couldn't breathe. I wasn't going to let him know that. I'm like, I don't care if I fall over dead. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you on the way up, he kept about a 75 yard gap between us. Like he was moving and I kept up the best I could. Um, So on the way up and it seemed like we walked forever. I don't know how, I don't think it was that far, but to me trying to catch my breath, it, it, it lasted a long time. (laughs) <laughs> so we're getting up to the top it's starting to break daylight and uh we weren't quite where we were where he was planning on going because he had killed a bull in there in archery and he stops to turn to say something to me and this bull sounds off just and i was like well, what the hell i said was that another hunter i'm thinking it's kind of late in the year you know it was october 20th <clears throat> and uh and what do i know you know i'm I couldn't tell you the difference one way or the other. And he's like, no, no, that was, he said, you could tell that was a bull. And it sounded like it was about oh, 200 yards from us. So we walk over this roadbed and there's this meadow and there he was pushing these cows. And it, I mean, it was just breaking daylight. You know, the steam's coming out of his mouth. And right when we crested, the first thing I saw were the cows. And then there was a spike. And I'm like, you think that spike did that? And he's like, I could have, but I don't know. You know, it sounded like a more mature bull, but who knows? And the spike kind of pegged us. He saw me anyway, but he didn't know what I was. As soon as I saw him, you know, I stopped. And there were two other cows that I could see that turned and started going up and away from us. They hadn't seen us. They were quite a ways back yet. And when they did that, I, that's when the bull appeared. And I thought, wow. You know, this, this right here is, this is, this is my dream that, you know, I, my whole life, I, I've been wanting to see something like this. It was so picturesque mm-hmm. and he's pushing these cows. Well, he, he turns to cut the other cows off. And I believe that's right. When Gus is like, now's your chance. He's legal. Shoot him. I think he was about 200 yards, 220. Well, I was so... <laughs> amped up i mean i was amped up there's 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 not a word that describes how amped up i was (laughs) and uh i i never even dialed my scope up so i got settled on him and i squeezed the trigger and i seen him hunch he spun and he was kind of quartered away just put another one in him so I was like, I was like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta dial my scope in. So I dialed it up and I only got it about halfway and for in my brain it was telling me it's stuck, it won't go anymore. But I was so 
and now I fired a shot. So, you know, I'm even more worked up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at that point it seemed like everything calmed down and I, you know, I, I squeezed the trigger, hit him a second time. I saw it go just in front of the rear hip or in, it ended up going in the rear hip and, uh, it would have come out somewhere up front on the opposite shoulder. And he got out to about 400, three, 350. And he said, put another one in him. I'm like, man, that's the straight. I'm shooting 270 by the way. <clears throat> and, uh, with 160 grain nozzlers, I think I was shooting. So, so I get out there. Nice flat yeah. shot on that 270. So the the third shot I shot and it went under him and hit right by his opposite rear hoof. And then he got out to about 400 and I just, he said, you might as well send another one. If you hit him, great. Even if you wound him, it'll just draw more blood. And I said, all right. So the fourth shot and then he, he disappears up into the aspens and we watched him go up and then he, he never came out. So he, and I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, Oh my God, I just, I just injured this bull. <laughs> I'm thinking, I, I, you know, what did I do? He's like, he's like, it's a dead bull. Don't worry about it. He's dead. He's like, we're gonna sit down. We're gonna have coffee. He said, we're just going to hang out for a little bit and then we'll go after him. Well, we were on spotted blood for hours <laughs> and, uh, came to a point where we lost blood and it was only about 600 yards from where I'd shot and maybe 700. It wasn't, it wasn't that far. It was right up the mountain. So I'm bummed, right? This is, I went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And, uh, he said, well, we're going to mark it. We'll have the other guys come out and we'll look. And we spent the rest of the day, rest of the day looking. And, we came up with nothing. We got pretty high up on the mountain, got into the snow where the tracks were and there was still blood in his tracks. And then the snow, you know, it just, the sun came out and the snow melted and we lost, we couldn't track him anymore. There was no blood. There was no tracks. There was nothing. So, uh, we worked the area pretty good. The next day we decided to go back and try and, and make big circles with everybody, try and get him. And, uh, nothing. You know, we don't see any elk, no sign, no nothing. So it's pretty much chalked up as, and I, I kind of figured <laughs> from the beginning that I wasn't even going to kill bull. So I, I, at this point I'm like, now somebody else is up. Again. I'm not, but we all pretty much just stayed split up. You know, we, we, we uh, pretty much stayed in twos and, and did our own thing. Um, we, so the next couple of days, uh, we, we hunted the same area different spots and got I shot him on Saturday so on Tuesday we were climbing up we got up early and well I got up late that's what it was I, I don't know what happened got behind and we were running and I was with Chris that day Chris Horton and he's like and that guy <laughs> he he guides in Idaho the guy that guy moves too he's like us he's just those two guys are just animals when it comes to climbing, <clears throat> well, I got super shaky. Once we got up the top, I said, you know what? I'm just going to sit here for today. I'm going to sit and watch these meadows and sit down and eat something. I didn't eat breakfast and I, I'm feeling it. He's like, all right. He said, I'm just going to go down in this other couple basins and just check them out and see what I can come across. <clears throat> so I set up and had some breakfast and I glassed and I'd seen some deer right after he disappeared. A giant mule deer come flying over the hill with a doe which was pretty awesome. 
and uh, that was it. You know what? <clears throat> about noon comes around. It was right after the rain, rain let up. We had a good storm come in. I, and the rain let up, and I kept hearing this what sounded like growling. And I'm messaging everybody. I'm like, you guys hear this? You got to hear this. You guys are all in this area. You got it? I mean, this is echoing, <laughs> whatever it is. And like, no, we don't hear nothing. We don't hear nothing. You know, and it kept, and it kept getting closer. I was like, what the heck? <clears throat> At one point, it sounded like it was in the same basin as us. And I'm like, man, I. One of the guys said, well, maybe it's, maybe it's a bull. Sometimes they make odd noises. You know, he said, why don't you go after it and see what it is? So I did. I picked up my stuff. I took off. Went at, and I'm freaking out because Indiana boy, we don't have anything like mountain lions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's what's going through my head. He had just killed a a, mount, a mule deer and. When we had walked by where he'd killed it, a mountain lion had drug it off. So now that's in my head, you know. So uh, <clears throat> I get up there and I find a set of bull tracks. Well, right behind it are a set of bear tracks. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Well, let's hope I don't walk up on anything that's <laughs> that I, I shouldn't, you know. <clears throat> I got all the way up to the top and I start working this ridge line and now the backside of this is just a straight drop down i mean i i don't even think i could climb it but it's real thick right on top and there's a trail that runs along so i just stayed on the trail just snuck along thinking maybe i kick up a bull that's bedded or whatever you know and uh i'm walking along i probably put an hour on i text a couple of guys hey i'm gonna push this top of this mountain right down to you where you guys are sitting just to see if i can come across anything or so just be ready. And I picked my head up and there was my bull. Had the round in the, just so I, my first round went far, a little far back. That's why he hunched. I got him right near, just like liver, I would say. Uh, second round went in through the rear hip and came out the right front shoulder, just behind the right front shoulder. Or maybe, you know what? It, I don't think it did that. I think it was back a little further where it exited it didn't go all the way up to the shoulder so <clears throat> those were the two rounds that were in him and that's how i knew it was my bull i mean it was the exact the rear hip shot was exactly where the blood was coming out when he turned to go up the mountain and it was only so the bull would have went up and over the mountain and then went up the other mountain and died basically how that would have played out so but it ended up being like nine miles or something something i don't remember the number but it was a pretty <laughs> he went quite a ways that's a, they're tough ass animals man it was it was shocking to me but you know and, and of course wouldn't you know what i find this now i'm thinking now what you know this the, it had been in the 50s so he was he was spoiled like there's nothing i can do it had been about five days and and the coyotes had got to him and he was bloated. So I was like, well, I'm going to cape out, tag him, obviously, but man, I sure could, sure could, or, uh, sure could use some help. <laughs> so I, I sent some messages. Oh, I go to pick up my phone, right? Zero service. Go and I go to grab, yeah, I go to grab my inReach, <clears throat> pull it out, and I open up the text box. I start, and it dies. <laughs> <laughs> so I apparently forgot to charge it. You had your, that, isn't that the way it works, though? You got, you got all the service in the world, you got full battery. Right. When everything's yeah. going wrong and then, oh, here's my bull. Right. Oh, yeah. You found your bull. All right. Everything else is shut down, buddy. <laughs> right. And I thought, I know how far I'd have to walk to get back into cell service. So I'm just going to I'm just going to just 
do it. Gagging the whole time. I got him, uh, I got the hide off his skull. I got his skull off. And, uh, I just put, put it on the pack and headed out. So uh, as I come to the top of the hill, one of the guys pops. He's like, oh, did you find a deadhead? I said, no, I found my bull. Just like, well, that's awesome. He's like, why don't you, why don't you message us? I'm like, I did. <laughs> I go, but they weren't going through because it was on my cell phone. And, and one of the other guys had said, hey, and just as I'm talking to him, apparently the messages went through because he said, hey, Derek found his bull. You guys got to find where he's at and go help him. <laughs> he's like, he's standing right in front of me. <laughs> but... Yeah, and that was that was I, st- I stuck around a couple of days and and uh, just in case trying to get you know because it was getting towards the end of the week and uh, that way in case some guys got one down I can help pack out meat or whatever needed to happen yeah but that was my elk hunt and it was it was nothing short of spectacular I mean it had downs and I was I was sick you know I, I was sick that it went to waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a hard pill. Yeah, but you know, I <clears throat> tagged him and hauled him out of there. Yeah, I had a uh, a similar situation last year, archery elk and uh, arrowed mine. Same thing, man. We looked and looked and looked, but uh, yeah, I wasn't fortunate enough to find mine intact. Um, somebody else. Not not coyotes or anything else, but someone else found them. So, you know, rack was oh. gone, meat was gone, everything. So, I mean, I, I guess fortunately, right, if we didn't find them when we did, um, it could have been too late, right? Meat could have spoiled. Um, would yeah. have been nice to have hands on his on his antlers, but uh, at least it got used. I, I You know what I mean? It, it was, it, I'm still, I don't want to say I'm salty about it, but uh, it just sucked to, you know, to have to experience that, but, uh, yeah, yeah. it didn't go to waste. It's a shame that there are people out there that do that. It, it really is. Uh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> unreal. Yeah. That one's, that one's rough, man. I mean, you know, and public land though, I mean that, that can happen at any point to any of us. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just unfortunate. And when it comes to, uh, backstrap and antlers, man, there's, there's some dudes that'll lose their, uh, lose their shit behind it. So, yeah. yeah, that's uh yeah. sucks to have that meat go bad, man, on you. But you got uh, yeah. so are you guys out here out this way uh this year, you and your dad? Yeah, so uh it's gonna be me and my old man and a good friend of mine. Uh we're gonna head out. Uh he's my buddy's been hunting off and on for a couple of years. He just started a few years ago and he's just kind of getting into things and but he's big into hiking and the outdoors and everything, you know, so He's been to Colorado a few times just for hiking and family and things like that. So, uh, between the three of us, I think we're going to have a really good time. Um, you know, and honestly, there really wasn't anything set in stone as, as far as where we're going. We just we're headed west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's I believe kind of it's going to be Colorado. Yeah, that's the fun of it, though, right? Because I'm here in California. Uh, we have elk opportunity, but it's really hard to draw. You got to have a, a ton of points. Um, right. But one of the things that I enjoy about out of state is you're almost just throwing a dart at the map um, and you're having to put in a certain, you know, a certain effort to try and figure out what area you're going to go to and, you know, east right. and things like that. Right. But there's something about just, you know, flying blind, man. Right. Some fun. In it. And that's, you know, 
I think that's <laughs> that's one of the biggest challenges is there's so many places that you got to narrow it down to a few, you know, just, it's tough. It's really tough. So you said uh, earlier, so you're, you're going archery this year or are you you still going rifle? So you're going archery. Archery. Yeah. That explains the elk calling Academy lessons and stuff there with Michael, huh? That, uh, how's that all going for you? That, you know what? Uh, He opened my eyes. But you know what? In in a lot of ways, uh, how he teaches, it, 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 he makes so much sense. Like it's just, it, I mean, it's not common sense because it's not stuff that people really realize. A lot of guys just think, "Hey, there, there's a bull. He bugles, and that's pretty much what he does. So let's try and call to him and bring." You know what I'm saying? Like he breaks it down, and then it just makes say, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense." Um, yeah, and. I, you know, I, I try to listen to podcasts and, and everything like that. And, I, and you get some great information, some great information from podcasts, but they're only going to get you so far. They're only going to get you so far until you get your feet on the ground. So that extra added the calling thing. I was really concerned about that because between three of us, I mean, you might as well just forget it. <laughs> you know, so that was huge. That was huge. And I actually won that from the Kong Valley Collective. Oh, they wow. had, uh, they had a giveaway there during their massive, massive giveaway they did in the beginning, you know, 31 days of giveaways like that. I, the coordination that that took, that, that, that was amazing stupid. to me. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, that was amazing to me what those guys put together. That was pretty awesome stuff. So I just happened, I was putting in every day. I thought, you know, at first, the first couple of days I was like, I'm not putting in for, you know, I feel guilty. But then I thought, you know what? I, I'm a, I'm a regular guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have this business, but I tell you, I'm not making money on this business. (laughs) So I'm just a regular guy and I need hunting stuff too. So I just started putting in for it. And after about, it was like, I don't even remember what day it was. It was quite a few days in. I got, I got picked and he's like, Hey man, you won this elk calling package. So I won some diaphragms, bugle tube. Um, and that was something that he, Michael contacted me and says, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to get you the calls and I want you to play with them for a few days and then we'll set something up. And he said, but I want to know, you know, I've got some options on the bugle tube. Uh, Rocky mountain hunting calls just came out with a new one and it's their, their smaller bugle tube. And I don't remember the name of it. I don't have it on me right now, but he's like, if you want that one, I'll send it to you. I was like, Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I don't know so, anything. Send me whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, stuff came in the mail and I got to, uh, got to messing with them and realized quickly that they're not turkey calls. And I got something in, in the package as well. It's called a game changer. Oh man. Don't now, get, get me going on Freddie's game changer. Look, you know what? I got this thing and I'm blowing in this thing as hard as I can. Oh, no diaphragm? Like, yeah. I'm like, this damn thing ain't making this thing's broken. It don't make no noise. <laughs> so I just set it aside. I'm like, oh well, it was free, you know. <laughs> Freddie Lopez, so, your your damn game changer's broke, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
I get on the I get on the the calling video and he's talking to me. He's asking me about what I think about stuff like that. I was like, yeah, but I'm like, you know what? I think that game changer caller. He said, oh, did you get the game changer? I go, yeah. He goes, how do you like that? I go, well, it's broke. He's like, what do you mean it's broke? How can it be broke? <laughs> and uh, he got, so then he he went into demonstration of how to use. It. I was like, well, I guess it's not broke. I guess I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm just guessing, right? No diaphragm in the mouth. Putting the lips no diaphragm, man. I was blowing. giving it hell. Nothing, I couldn't get nothing. It would not make noise. <laughs> yeah, that it won't do. That's too funny, well, man. When you look inside, there's a there's a there's a the latex. Uh, there's latex yeah. in there. So I'm thinking that's got to you know like an owl hoot. It's got to make some noise. Nope. <laughs> All for back pressure. But I'll tell you what, that thing has gotten is what uh, got my dad's turkey this year. I got on the diaphragm when I got out. To, I, I took it with me and I got on the diaphragm and no answer, no answer. I pulled out that thing and I let out some uh, clucks and he sounded off and he was like a mile away. <laughs> like That's how good that thing is. I was like, wow. Isn't that it really amazing? It really pushes the sound. It, it, it is really amazing the sound. what that little thing does, dude. I... When I got mine, I was just like, okay, you know, I got with Freddie and I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't think I'm sounding that great. And he goes, Hey, try this and uh, put the diaphragm in. And I did it. And it was just like lights on, man. The way it cleans up the sound. I, I was going to say that. Oh my goodness, yeah. man. Yeah. Freddie, yeah. uh, Freddie has some magic there, man. And I still can't, you know, I did an episode with him and I cannot get it out of him how he came up with it. I mean, it is just, it's so. When you look at it, it's Sim like, yeah, it's simple, right? It's simple, stupid, but it's amazing at what it does. Yeah. And I, I have one sitting right here. I have a couple of them, and I have one sitting right here, and uh, I'll pick it up, and I'll look at it, and I'll shake my head every time. Like, how did this dude even come up with this crap? <laughs> <laughs> but, man, the thing is amazing. I love it. It, it For my for my cow sounds, it uh, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, yeah. man. Yeah, and like you said, it cleans it up. It's it. Everything sounds so crisp. I'm, I was shocked. I'm not trying to sell anything. I, I'm not. I'm not a. I, to me, I thought, well, what's this gimmick? I, I that was my first impression when I got it. I was like, what's this gimmick? And it's not at all. It is truly. It's a work of art. I don't know what he. I don't know where he came up with it. Like you said, but I, I'm. I'm impressed. I am impressed. It's definitely, uh, yeah, I, I laugh at it every time I look at it. And I go, man, and I, when I when I interviewed Freddie, I'm like, come on, man, you got a ton. He was like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> just trying stuff out. And I had an idea. Yeah, and it's a trip, man. I'm I, Like I said, I have it here. I'm looking at it. And every time I talk about it or think about it, I pick it up and I just shake my head at how amazing that little thing is. I can't wait to... Uh, Put it to some good use this year in the Oakwoods, man. I'm 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 excited as well. <laughs> so what? Uh, so now that you've come out, you chase the elk a little bit, and uh, you kind of have an expectation as far as what you're getting yourself into. What are you? What are you doing to prepare differently, and what gear are you adding to your arsenal so you can uh, continue getting western? Well, first thing I did was got a pack. I uh, picked up a pack from Initial Ascent, and I can tell you I'm extremely happy with that. Um, just a great, great, great product. Um, I was dead set on buying an EXO. That's what I wanted. I, I'd, I'd heard so many good things about EXO. I'd been part of that group, and and that's what I wanted. You know, I, 
I was dead set on it. And uh, Jonathan said, hey, he says, are you dead set on that EXO? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty set on it. I said, you know, I don't have anything to go off of, but I'm just, I'm, I'm set on it. He said, well, he said, I'm, I'm not one to tell somebody to try something or, you know, push product on anybody. He said, but just take a look at initial ascent. Look at the reviews. You got some good things going on. I'm like, all right, I will. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a follower. I, when it comes to hunting gear, I, I don't buy top of the line. I try to find what's most comfortable or what fits me. I, I, that's just the way I've been. I don't, I don't, I don't follow crowds. I, I like to, I smart like to be man. happy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Smart man. So <clears throat> when he said that about the initial ascent, I'm like, well, we'll see. And I had no, absolutely zero intentions in purchasing this, purchasing the pack. So I talked to him a little bit and then I went and checked it out. And he says, he said, here, I'm going to send you a couple of these reviews. Well, on top of that, and I want to say it was a relentless or restless hunter, relentless hunter. He's oh, on Jeff, Jeff Moran, relentless yeah, hunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. Jeff. that's my episode so, one right there, man. Oh, really? I'm yeah. going to have to listen to that. Yeah. So he put out a review on it and I'm reading it and I'm like, huh. Like this just shows up in my newsfeed, right? Like, cause you know how our phones are all rigged to oh, show yeah. you what you just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> so, weird? Yeah. So I, I read his review. I was like, huh. I watched a few more videos on it and wouldn't you know it, they went on sale. <laughs> so, so I, I scrolled through Facebook and they went on sale and I bought it. And I, I, I I'm not even interested in looking at any other packs. Like it's a 4,000. So it's going to do what I need it to do wherever I need to go. I think it's enough. I could make it work for Alaska or wherever else. So that was number one. I had to upgrade that because I had a mystery ranch that I couldn't get repaired. So, and it was brand new. <laughs> oh, no way. What, uh, yeah. what MR pack were you running? Uh, it is the Metcalf. Okay. That's, that's actually what I run. What's funny is, so my boy is, is wanting to get in to chasing the elk with me and, uh, I don't have anywhere here that I can go check out the initial ascents, right? I've I've been very curious, right? Between Michael talking about them, uh, Brandon Waddell, John, uh, Jeff Moran, all these guys are just ranting and raving about the IA packs. We were at the show in Utah, um, where they were there, and I it didn't dawn on me um, to put a pack on things. I wasn't thinking, right? I thought, you know, hey, I got my pack. Sure. I'm not gonna jump into it and then uh, looking for a pack for my boy i really was curious about that that carbon plate frame right the way it it, it seems to fit the back and what? um carry that help carry that load at least that's what i was assuming so i'm supposed well was supposed to go to the uh mountain archery fest in arizona and hook up with those guys and try the pack on for my boy um but yeah. they, they have since canceled that one so I'm like, oh man. So the only other opportunity is the New Mexico shoot in Taos. And uh, I'm really trying to get out there just for the purpose of shooting one day <laughs> and then checking out that pack. Cause that's a big deal, dude. Right. I mean, for an average yeah. guy to go spend 
five six hundred dollars on a pack right well i'm i got out you've never it. seen yeah it's rough man so the the ability to go and link up with them and put the pack on check fit him it right make sure he likes it and it, and it feels yeah. good to him that's a big deal man and they load tested right there and everything i think they put 40 or 50 pounds on it yeah so I'm and that's pretty much it. i i've been living in indiana i have no option the only thing that i was able to, to put on was a badlands and i knew Compared to what I run for whitetails, it was the 2200. I mean, it, it held weight good. Um, I had nothing to compare it to. It's not even on the same ballpark. I mean, that that initial scent pack, it's just, it, it holds weight well. I've been working out with it. I, I do about 100 flights on a stair climber with, uh, I was at 84 pounds. Oh, damn. Yeah, so uh, it holds great. No weight shift, no, you know, I, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, so there was that. Uh, I'm looking at possibly um, shelter, something for case I'm too far to get back to camp and I want to set up camp for the night. Because um, realistically, I'm not going to go hiking 10 miles in, setting up camp and, and bivying out my first, you know, I mean, essentially my first elk hunt alone with guys that have never done it. It's just unrealistic. I think in my opinion, that's something I took away from this elk hunt was that's not something that you just go out West and do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it can be done. It's just not, it, it if you want to have a good time, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you want to have a good time and enjoy yourself, set up a camp, you know, and, and buy the truck. And if you want to spike out a few days, do that. But I would, that's just my recommendation. I mean, I'm, that's I'm nobody smart. and I've only done it once. Yeah. But that's a smart but, recommendation, man. So there was that. And, uh, I definitely, definitely getting a different sleeping pad. So I just picked one up from a garage sale. Uh, and I don't even remember what the heck it was. Well, here it is right here. <clears throat> so I picked it up from the garage sale. It was on, she gave it to me for like five bucks. She's like, you know, this is a great model boss. All right. It is an ergo mat, ergo mat sleeping pad. And it feels like it's comfortable, you know, laying on the floor for five minutes, but I can tell you sleeping on it for 10 days is not comfortable. So I'm looking for a new pad. Um, I can tell you that, I had went out there with, I, I was completely unprepared. There's no way around it. I, I was completely unprepared. I thought I had my gear dialed in. I wasn't even close. I was way off. So I dialed back on some gear, but first day I'm out. I mean, I shoot that bull, I'm packing. I'm, I don't know how many miles I went with that pack on my back. And there's like 60 pounds in it. Like why, why I'm hunting from the truck basically. Why the hell do I have all this freaking stuff on me? You know? Um, so dial, I'm going to dial back my gear list. I did pick up a, I bought a, I found a prime rise. It's their, it's their rise. So it was like last year it was one of their new bows, but it wasn't their flagship bow. It was like one or two underneath, but every review I read was about how smooth the draw cycle was, how, sm- how smooth it was shooting and zero cam lean, this, that, and the other. So I'm like, you know what? I've been shooting this PSE Axe six x-force bow that's just a speed demon no back wall i mean it just wants to go and i just after the shoulder surgery i'm just scared to shoot something like that so 
picked up a new bow, changed my arrow setup a little bit. Went with something with a little, little heavier, not too much. I'm at like 405 normally. I just want to be up and out around the 460, 470 range. And that'll put me with like, with the insert, I'll be at about a 15% front of center. So I should be, I should be oh, all set. Be all good, yeah. Shooting in that 270 range or something like that. Yeah. That rise so is a good that, bow though, man. That's uh, so I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I got it in a subalpine uh, Sitka camo pattern. And it, it, it's got these chrome cams or silver cam like it's sharp <laughs> it's a sharp it came in the mail it's like whoa <laughs> you know what's funny about that right is and and i was having this conversation with uh with john um a day or two ago when we were talking about camo and stuff like that and the aesthetics man isn't it amazing how much that has weight on our decision making Cause you could look oh, at something. Of course. Oh, it is crazy, man. You could shoot 10 bows and you know, the first one you picked up, it was because you liked how it looked. The other ones felt better, but you always go back to that damn aesthetic, man. It's something else. Yeah. That's like those gearhead archery. Have you seen those bows? So I shot them at the ATA and I can tell you they are amazing. But I cannot get over the look of that bow. Like I, I was, if if I was blindfolded and I shot that bow, I'd have been sold. I would have bought it. But I just, I, I could. and they're ambidextrous, and I didn't know that either. Oh wow! But, yeah, I didn't know that. But that was something. So I got a new bow, a uh, new pack. So I'm dialing in that enter, and I bought some more merino because I could tell you after day three I stunk. So we didn't have any way to shower. It was. uh that was something too, man. <laughs> <laughs> they got poor, those, my poor campmates were probably dying, but well, they most of them didn't little, smell too good. Those little uh, Coleman makes that little portable shower, man. That uh, I carry one of those in the Jeep. Plus, I have a water tank, a little four gallon water tank that sits on the top, and that thing is really? uh, oh man, it makes. I think it's a hundred and seventy bucks. Um, runs off oh, a that, little propane really? bottle. Yeah, dude, that that thing is worth its weight in gold. Um, yeah, I'll be uh, looking into that for sure. There's nothing worse to me, at least, than not being able to to clean up just a little bit, especially after a few days. Man, I just you start feeling baby miserable. wipes only get you so far. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. But that that little Coleman Diddy, man, I'm telling you, it's a little. It's probably a 15 inches by 13, 14 inches. Uh, runs off a little yeah. propane, and man, it's yeah, it's golden. I love that thing. I'll definitely have to be looking at that sure. Especially if you're base camping. <laughs> yeah. Hunter's got to feel fresh, yeah. buddy. I was shocked how intricate, right? When we, when we pulled up into camp, he set up a like a bathroom area, threw a tarp up, dug some whole stuck bucket over there. Like, it was set up nice. I was like, all right, all right, I like this. I can handle this. Comfort's a home. Yeah, yeah. What about trekking poles? I have them. Uh, so <laughs> after I strapped the head to my pack and got my pack on my shoulders, got all buckled in, started heading down the hill, I thought, ah, oh, my trekking poles are inside my pack. <laughs> 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 and with the pack I'm running, it doesn't separate from the frame. So I had, you know, you got to strap it to the outside of the pack. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And I had to unstrap everything in order to get to my trekking pole. So I didn't even use them. I had them. I never even oh, took them off my pack. Yeah, that's a but must have. They make a 
they make a heck of a difference when, you know, hiking with weight out here. So I, I can only imagine when you push in excess of a hundred pounds on your back, those things are probably money. I care. I use mine. I mean, if you know, mine are right there, I can pull them out on, you know, at a moment's notice, I keep them strapped to the side. You know, there's a little packet on a uh, pack on the, or pocket, excuse me, on that uh, Metcalf. And there's the two straps and I just set them in there, strap them. I can reach over my shoulder, grab them out. I'll use them, really? you know, without load, with load. Yeah. You start feeling beat, man. I'll I'm sorry. You know what? Out. It's not the Metcalf. I have the Terraplane. So it was before it was the, the Metcalf took over the Terraplane. So the problem is when I bought this pack, I, I goofed. So I bought the pack and then, when I called Mystery Ranch when the strap broke on the belt, um, they no longer made this pack and they didn't have a belt readily available. This is in like June. And they told me that well, we don't see anything in the foresee anything in the future uh, making these belts. I'm like, what? I just <laughs> What'd you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, that's, that was my problem. And, but, you know, I went to the ATA show and I sat down with them and, and he got on the phone with customer support and got some things worked out. So the pack is usable now. You know, I can use it now, but I just, I bought this initial scent and that's what I'm going to run. Yeah. Customer service, man. That's a, that's a big deal. Don't have to tell that, you. Yeah. That was why I, I was going to go with the XO. I'm going to, that was my number one seller. The rest of this crap, I would have, no matter what would have happened, from what I saw just being a part of that group, because they're also both uh, Mark and Steve are in that group and the way they, they make their self known and appear on social media. So by doing that, you're leaving yourself open to scrutiny, right? Guys are going to hop on and say, Oh man, and constantly bombard you with these dudes. They're on social media, constantly talking with their customers, talking with potential customers, talking with unhappy customers. Like they don't, they don't hide anything. And that was my main purpose. Why I, I was sold on EXO. <clears throat> but then I, you know, I, I don't know. I ended up going the other direction. But I'm, I, you know, Dennis got solid product, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even looking back. I love, I love the. I'm glad I made the decision. I made. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking them out. So back to uh, back to Mountain Hunter Box, man. So that. You know, when I look at that, the subscription boxes, I think you guys are freaking insane, um, <laughs> right? Because, <laughs> because that's not a light workload, right? I mean, you have to, there's a certain level of planning and talking and reaching out. I mean, that has to just be insane. And then to do it every single month. Yes, that's the thing. So it's great month or week two and week three because you're just calling around getting product you know it's it's a little more lackadaisical than the other than the first and last week of the month because the last week of the month it's uh where's the product you told me it was shipped i don't have it these things are going out in a week (laughs) so like my wife doesn't even want to come near me from the last four days of the month in the first four days of the month like I can't even imagine. Like I'm telling you, it's a hectic mess. And when you're shipping out hundreds of boxes, you know, it's, (laughs) and then to make sure everything's 
right in each box and set a certain way. And, and I, and I'm going to be honest with you, I do everything myself. She helps me pack, but this, this whole business is me. Social media is me. Shipping is me. Ordering is me. You know, designing is me. Planning is me. Curating is me. I, I don't, I don't have anybody. You better hope she doesn't anybody. listen to this. <laughs> right. And, and so at night when it comes down to packing, She's a huge help. She comes down and we, we dig in and we get the boxes, boxes filled up, ready to go. Shipping labels on them, taped up. They're ready to rock and roll. This, she's a huge help. If, if I were making money, like, and, and I, I mean, I'm not, it's not that I'm not making money, but if I were making enough to where I could hire somebody to give me a hand, great. But, you know, I, I just picked up, I just been working with, uh, Tyler. And, uh, He's doing, he's doing some of my images for ad work and things like that. I'm, I'm going to have him build me a new website. Or I'm going to get a new website going. Cause I pretty much did the one that I have myself. I, yeah, I'm even a web designer. You know that? <laughs> it was terrible, <laughs> terrible. It was the most elementary first grade looking website I, in the world when I kicked off. But, uh, it's come a long way, but I'm going to have him design a website for me. I believe he did yours, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler did mine. Mountain Built Media. Mountain Built Media. Yeah, There's Tyler, your shout out, buddy. Yeah. Tyler's great, <laughs> man. He's, he's, I mean, not only is he really good at what he does, but he's just a solid guy, right? I mean, you talk to him, he's so freaking down to earth and passionate yeah. about hunting and the outdoors, man. He's just, yeah, just a good dude, man. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard, after, you know, especially when you see his work. You're like, okay, this looks like it's probably going to be a no brainer. And then you talk to him for a little bit, and you're you're sold. You know what is it? Four thousand dollars? Oh, no problem, bro. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Just a solid guy. Blank check. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're just we're just messing around, Tyler. Don't try and pull any. Yeah, of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Don't take that to heart. I don't. If you're listening to this, that was a joke. <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, with that and, you know, I, I deep down, I enjoy it. I enjoy every part of it. I enjoy the stresses. I enjoy the failures. I enjoy the successes and the happy customers. I mean, it's just, it, what, what's good about it is it's a guy like me who has no business experience, has no schooling for business. I went to school to be a conservation officer. So I, it pretty much hunting and that's pretty much what drove this. I didn't, I don't have any internet for man. I still type with two fingers. So I'm not, you know what I mean? Like that's not me. I'm not an internet guy. I'm not, but I decided I was going to take a leap. I'm going to jump into the complete unknown and I'm going to do it. Why not? Right. You only live once and it's, and it's, it's doing well, you know, it's doing good. Mike. It has to be something about, You you had a post and it has to be something about Christmas, right? Every month for a guy that's like-minded, right? I'm sending you this, yeah. this box, right? We're part of this brotherhood, this community and my box, you open that box up and, and it's just, you know, lighting up a guy's face, man. There has to be a level of fulfillment, you know, not to sound yeah. too cliche or anything, um, knowing that that's the reaction. And if you look at some of your boxes, dude, there's some, there's some hefty value in those boxes. It's crazy. You know, what's funny is 
I'm glad you said that because I've really been doubting myself lately. Cause you know what? I, the one box was like, had the highest value that I've ever put out. It was like $109 worth of stuff. Right. And not, to, and that's not including all the discount codes. So I get that month. I got two cancellations says that said, uh, because they have an option of what they can put. And it's all generalized. So, you know, you don't know the whole story. I always try to send an email, get some feedback. But it was like, not worth the price. And I thought, that was a kick in the gut. <laughs> but obviously, it's two people out of, out of hundreds of people. But still, it's, it was still like, wow. Huh. But what I'm learning is there's a fine line that I, and I have to try to keep it on one side or the other, because what I'm getting is your Midwest whitetail hunter or a guy that, you know, hunts his grandpa's farm in Pennsylvania, 40 acres that just hunts deer and somebody like mom will sign up for him. And that's great. I, you know, if, if, and and there is stuff in these boxes that in, in our boxes that they can use, but predominantly, I mean, a lot of the stuff has is geared towards Western. What's in your pack? You know, the back you're carrying on your back because you're not at home. You don't have access to the things that you do at the house. So dry bags, gear, stash pouches, which you can use in in whitetail world, but you know, dehydrated meals. I just did the meal box. Um, you know, things like that. And I'll get. You know, I bought this for my son and he can't use any of this stuff. And there'll be like month four out of a six month subscription. I'm like, man, I mean, I can't give you a refund. <clears throat> but what you know, and what I tell him, you know, just shoot me an email. You'll see what what the theme is for the month. If it's not what you want, I'll skip you and I'll send it to you the following month. The next, you know, it, I don't want anybody to be stuck in something they don't want. So if you know, if there's, if there's something that you don't like and, and you don't think you're going to like that's coming at you, then just shoot me an email. Hey, you know, this, this isn't really my forte. This one that's upcoming. Um, can we skip it? Or you could just sign in and you could skip it on your own. And also I, that's something that <clears throat> I've been coming across was, you know, Hey, I bought this for my son. He doesn't really use this stuff. I'm like, man, I, you know, I'll tell you what, like if keep your eye out, for the next couple boxes, you know, ending their subscription, keep your eye on the next ones after that. And I'll send you a free box of one of his choice, you know, just, just so he's not getting ripped off. I don't want him. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sending them junk. I don't you know, and I'm not, but that's not, my goal isn't here just to, to make money. My goal is, so my ultimate goal of this is just to make a little cash to fund my hunting. That's it. That's what I want to do. I, I, I just want, have a successful business and enjoy myself doing it and, and be able to fund what I love. But that, and that says a lot, right. Is to take, is to say, Hey, you know, keep your eye out and I'll send you a free one. It's a subscription box, right? I mean, it is, it is a, uh, it's a grab bag, right? I remember grab bags on right. the, on the ice cream truck as a kid, right? It's a grab bag. You're, you're paying that money monthly and you're not sure what you're going to get and you're hoping you're going to get good stuff. But I mean, if you look at yeah. some of the value that you have in those boxes, man, like uh, you had caribou, that caribou gear bags are my absolute go-to would never even look at anything else since I've been using them for, I don't know, six, seven seasons. Um, 
you look at having that in a box for the subscription rate for the box, just having that value, when you get caribou gear bags, those are going to last you seven, eight seasons, unless you're out there, right. you know, four, five, six animals a season. And they'll still last you two, three years. So that value in the box, man, I mean, that's that's years of value. The MSR uh, stove, right? I mean, what are you doing? You're buying a canister. You're putting the canister on. Boom, you're cooking your meals. That's stuff that's going to yeah. last you, you know, three, four, five, six seasons if you if you choose yeah. to keep it. So I, I, the Rockigator dry bags, those uh -huh. were I, I was I, when I bought those, that was the thing, too. And that's another thing, like. I want to give people things that they can use, not just stuff that, oh, that'd be cool. Right. And then it goes in a box in their basement. You know what I mean? I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's a, it's a big deal. That's a big deal, man, that you're, that you're willing to put it out there like that. I mean, that says a lot about what you're doing, why you're doing it and, and what you believe in, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. That says a whole and, heck of a lot. And you know, when you, that's just when you're doing this and it, it does become monotonous. There's, there's no way around it. I mean, it's the same thing every month, right? And you're not hearing anything. Like I like we talked earlier, when you don't hear anything, you're like, you start to, oh man, nobody's <laughs> telling, no, nobody's, nobody. And that's another thing. Like, I love when I see posts on social media, check out what I got, you know, like, I love that. And I, and I hadn't been seeing that. So, and I know January, February, March, even it, it, that's not, that's slow time for any hunting business. I get it. I, I understand that. And I, and I, I, I prepared for that. But, you know, there was a couple of weeks that I'm thinking, man, what, did I do something wrong? Did I change something? Did I, you know, wh wh I, then I go back and, and I overanalyze everything, right? And, uh, and my wife's like, listen, you're going to have slow times. Relax. It'll be fine. <laughs> you're not getting hate mail. No news is good news. Okay. Yeah, if, if folks aren't, if they're not canceling, that says a lot. Because I've yeah. had... I've had one or two subscriptions and uh, one was great when I started and yeah, it fell off and I was like, okay, I'm done. You know, for the money I'm done, I'm out of here. And it, it, I yeah. mean, it, it just got to the point where it was, it looked like a quick run to the grocery store and just throw it to get the box out. And it was just like, no nah, man, I worked too hard. To yeah. And you know, that was something too, right when I got back to work after my injury, I was having one hell of a time balancing and, and I was shipping boxes late and I was just contacting companies. Hey, I need something for this, you know, and then I stopped and I took, I sat down with the wife. I go, this is not, this is the exact opposite of what I, what I was wanting out of this. I, I was trying to get away from this and here I am doing the exact same thing that I didn't want to. And it was like right around November ish, December, my first two months back, back to work, which both of those boxes were just jam packed full of stuff. But, it wasn't as carefully thought out as my previous boxes were. And it, it really hit home. I'm like, man, I really need to get back on track here. I really need to buckle down with this and, and give it my all. And it's, it's definitely been a challenge getting back to work and then doing this and then family life. You know, it's just it. And then, and then still make time to hunt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I mean, just this podcast, it consumes me. I can't imagine. I cannot even imagine. It is consuming. And I don't get anything back. <laughs> I'm like, right. for for the amount of effort, I just enjoy doing it. And I'm not complaining, but for the amount of effort you put back in, and there's really, I mean, for the 
podcast for me, there's no return outside of networking and getting to hear folks stories, you know, um, that's yeah. the part of it that, that is payment for me, but it is, I can't imagine you you have to get that stuff out and timely delivery. If I sat back on my laurels, it doesn't hurt anybody but me. Right. And, and right. it's just downloads. Right. It's not financially outside the money that I've invested the, into the equipment. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I know you, uh, that's a heck of a sacrifice, man, but we yeah. love it. So <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <clears throat> Excuse me. 2019. Uh, so you got your Colorado trip. What, uh, you looking at anything at home or are you just solely focused on that? Yeah. So I usually set aside a week or two in November for the rut for whitetails. Cause obviously that, I mean, that's my passion and I hope my, I always hope every year that I kill a buck early and then I can waterfowl hunt because waterfowl hunting is just a blast. Yeah, I get that. I, I've never, I'm not a wing shooter at all. I'm horrible, horrible. And uh, <laughs> I didn't say I was good at it. I just <laughs> said I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I'm so bad that I just, it just discourages me when I go, man. I'm just like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but the more I talk to people, man, the more I'm intrigued about going out and, you know, shooting some, some clays to try and up my game and go see if, uh, you know, go see if I can get it done. Cause you yeah. talk to some of these duck hunters, oh, yeah. man, and they're just obsessed with it. Oh, I'll never big game hunt again. And I'm like, well, that says a whole heck of a lot. I don't yeah. Know. And you know, I think a lot of it too is, you know, the camaraderie you build in that because you're just basically sitting around shooting the shit with your buddies like that's what that that becomes and that's why i enjoy it i i enjoy turkey hunting uh, i didn't even start turkey hunting until i was in college because there were no turkeys we didn't have turkeys around here until the early 90s um they did a reintroduction and i think in 90 1990 they killed nine turkeys that year so uh, there weren't that was across the whole state so we didn't have we didn't have turkeys but when I got into college, a buddy, like my roommate said, you need to shoot turkeys. I go, oh, shoot stupid birds. You know, I'm thinking, who the hell wants a turkey hunt? He's like, you're going with me tomorrow. We'll go to Walmart, get a license. I'm like, all right, whatever. I went, I ended up shooting a bird. I was hooked. Line, hook, line, and sinker, I was in it. <laughs> they're fun, <laughs> This is man. awesome. Yeah, they're fun. They're challenging, too. People, people underestimate them when they go out in the woods after them. I think that's what Jonathan G says. Hey, I turkey hunting is stupid he goes to stupid birds just sit up and call them they come over and you shoot them like uh, <laughs> i was like okay that's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of people man that that uh just don't get it right but it's uh it's something else they're a blast man and for me here in california we could hunt pigs and turkey in the spring so oh it's nice you know so it's like well we're chasing something you know pigs yeah. pigs is rough unless you're on private land uh, and even there, they're they're pretty difficult. Uh, but you can go public land and hunt turkeys, you know, for for quite a while in the spring, man. It's a blast. You know, those are I guys. Enjoy, those I, guys I, like John and those guys up in Oregon. They you know they get spring bear, and it's kind of a tradition in the Pacific Northwest, man, to go hunt spring bear. But we don't get that. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to talk to him. I said, "You need to hunt turkeys." He said, "No, I'm not hunting them stupid birds." I said. I was like, you just need to hunt him, but yeah, we'll get it. We'll we'll get him dialed in. He'll go out there and think it's easy, get his <laughs> ass kicked, 
and then uh, yeah. be making a bunch of excuses about why he didn't hunt, why he couldn't kill a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care too much about it. That's probably what I'll say. I yeah, just don't uh, care yeah. about it. Yep, that's exactly what I'll say. John, we got your whole yeah, card, other, buddy. Uh, other than that, I don't I don't have much plan this year. I just I'll do my hunting around the house. I picked up some goose fields last year, so hopefully he lets me still hunt this year. I, I didn't get to hunt at all because I got injured, but hopefully lets me come out and hunt this year. And then, uh, I really wanted to get in an antelope hunt for, for August or September or whatever. And, uh, it just, I, you know, money wise, it's just not going to play out. I'm, I gotta, I can't tell the wife I'm going to be traveling the world hunting from September to November. January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling, yeah. man. So I, I'm picking one a year and that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll kind of a few years and then I'm, I, I'm really contemplating heading up to Alaska and, caribou yeah there it is yeah. man. caribou That's, yeah caribou or moose yeah caribou is high on my uh high on my hit list man it's either going to be 2020 or 2021 i'm not going to wait any anything yeah. past that it will be probably one of the best experiences <laughs> ever I, I hope i can i hope i mean i'm gonna do it i just hope it, it's soon yeah, I wanna I wanna archery hunt them, man. I reached out to a couple guys that do a drop service up there, and I'm like archery, and they're like, uh, "You realize this is barren plain?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I think that's exactly the point." He's like, "Well, we would suggest bringing your rifle with you. You know, we have no problem with you chasing them, but it's going to be difficult." I'm like, "Yeah, I think that's I think that's the draw." Yeah, is, is trying to get them with a bow, um, you know, and of course, right? You spend that kind of money. Uh, coming home empty-handed is something that I want to do. So we'll probably take the rifle yeah. up with this, and hopefully the bow will make it happen. That'll that'll bucket list. Man, that'd have be awesome. Things scratched off of it, man. That would be awesome. <laughs> so conservation, man. What's uh, do a little conservation quick? Uh, sure. Just to get other insights. So what's your take on on conservation and what we should be doing and how you view it and. You know, I, it's funny you say that. I was just at the archery shop um, getting some arrows cut down things. I, I usually do it myself. I just have time. And he says to me, <laughs> we were talking uh, arrow weight and um, arrow speed and all that. And I just told him I wanted to go heavier. I have my own personal preferences. I've done enough research. I kind of have an idea of where I want to be, where I need to be. And he points to the wall, and I don't even remember what it was. It was some African game animal. It's like 2,500 pounds. It was on his wall. I shot that with a 360-grain arrow. I said, look, I, I understand that. And I'm not saying you can't. I said, you could probably kill him with a blow dart. I'm like, but I want to eliminate all variables. Not all variables, but any, any extra variable. Yeah. And he goes, well, you can't just go around hunting expecting you know variables. I go, that's what hunting is. What are you talking? This guy runs an archery shop. He runs an archery shop. And that's, I'm like, like I was sick. So I won't go back. I, I decided I'm not going to go back and even, even, even entertain the fact thought of giving that guy my money. I, you know, like I said, I went to school to be a conservation officer and I love hunting. And a lot of guys are like, how are you going to do that and be a hunter? Well, because you, <laughs> I mean, it all goes hand in hand. You can't be one without the other. 
I mean, it's, we don't hunt to take, right? We're not takers. We're, well, I mean, we've become takers, but I'd like to say that we're really getting better at it. I, from what I see, I really believe that, that we're, we've put so much concentration on ethics. I think that's huge. Um, like I said, when I found that bull five days later, I was almost in tears. I was sick to my stomach. Like that, that, that I took this life and there was nothing that I can do about it. You know? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you cannot be a hunter and, and not a conservationist. Like they, they are, they are one of the same. I mean, everything you do, right. I mean, even the guys that are out East, you know, planting food plots, whatever. I mean, you are doing your best to make the habitat better, right? I mean, yes, it's so you have better success, but also the main goal is to, to create healthier herds, create stronger, uh, you know, populations. And, I, you know, one thing that I, I, I'm really, and I've heard some guys that you've had on your podcast talk about, um, we really need to get on the same page as far as hunters, photographers, hikers, we all want the same thing in the very end. We want the same exact end result. We want more public lands where we can go and enjoy what mother nature has to offer. Right. And we also want healthy animal populations. We don't want to see, you know, uh, delist or animals going on endangered species lists or like, I think there was just something in the paper about, um, the, the caribou the last remaining caribou it was, was just captured because she was the last one on this was it the selwick herd you know that to me i was sick to my stomach like why did we wait why yeah. did we wait to do this now yeah. why did we wait till there was one left are you serious like i understand there's funding issues and 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 to be honest with you i'm sure a lot of it has to do with people don't step up to the plate until it's too late i'm sure that's what it has to do with but in the end result we all feel the same way for these animals, right? We all want what's best for them. Obviously, I mean, some, some of it is for different reasons why we want it, but we're not only fighting amongst each other, but how can we fight against lawmakers and people who are trying to take that away from us if we're fighting each other? Yeah. And, you know, photographers and bird watchers and hikers, they all want this. Why don't we have, I know we have park passes and things like that. I get it. Right. So to a certain point that, that makes sense, but why not, why is it a big to do every time the parks say we want to raise the park pass to $50 or a hundred dollars for the year? Like, I, I just, I don't know, you know, we spend a lot of time fighting and I think we need to take care more of what we post on social media while I believe oh, I killed it. This is, you know, whatever, that's great. And you should be proud. And, and, but you also have to understand that what you're posting to, you're asking for it. You're posting on, uh, on a platform where people who would hug and sleep with grizzly bears because they think they're you know they're the greatest things in the world yeah 
and, and you're also posting to people who, who would love to hunt a grizzly. I mean, when you put it out there, you don't know who's going to see that. And I'm not saying you should have to censor anything, but use common sense. If you don't want to fight, if, if you're, if you want to, you know, at least have a stronger voice. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's rough. Maybe, maybe I'm way off. No, it, maybe well, I'm way off. But that's why I asked the question, right? Is because hearing other views and getting, you know, other people's opinions and insight, I, I think it opens the thought path to someone who is doing what you're talking about, right? That's not considering that. And that's exactly why I ask it. Um, right. And you brought up the photographer. So I inter- uh, interviewed. Lauren and Allie uh, Schrag, <clears throat> excuse me, Good Bull Outdoors. You know Good Bull. Oh, yeah. And yeah, great, great people. One of the things that is so great about them that impresses me with them, and I don't even know that if they even give it thought or if they even realize it, but they're kind of bridging that gap, right? They are. With photography are. and hunting, right? Because they're passionate yeah. about both. So they're introducing hunters to photography and then photographers, wildlife photographers to hunting at the same time, but in a, in such a respectful manner um, that I don't even yeah. know if people are even aware of that's what's going on. Right. right. It's so subtle. Yeah. It's very subtle. Yeah. So it, it's great to see that. And like I said, and I, and God dang it, I just interviewed them and I just released their episode and I did not even think about that when I had them on. But when you said that, it, it kind of bridged that gap for me. So, yeah. and that's what well, goes back to the point of me asking that question. Um, but yeah, I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Um, you know, we, we have to, we have to be conscious of it. Um, if we want to keep gaining ground, the ground that you think we're gaining, the ground that I think we're gaining, I think we've been doing really good the last few years and there's a lot more effort and people getting on board. Um, with really doing more than just, you know, throwing 30, 40 bucks out to, you know, one of the organizations that uh, lends itself or, you know, is there for conservation. So I have to. I, I was part of, uh, I paid into a few of the, uh, the African organizations that was against hunting because they were being hunted to a point where, you know, it wasn't like, they were bringing in the money. It was, they were being just decimated animals being decimated. And I, but yet here I am killing animals, but it's, it's more than that. I, I wholeheartedly love wildlife. Like there's no, no, and if Sam's a about it, when I see it could be anything, squirrel, whatever, something simple. And it just, it has my attention instantly. Could be a starling doing something and it has my attention instantly. Like I, uh, and people ask me, you know, well, how, you know, how are you like that? You can just go kill an animal. I said, but it's more than that. It's not just, I mean, I understand that from the outside looking in, you're seeing me just going, killing something. And, and, and I understand how that can look brutal, but it's, it's more than that. It's way more than that. And when I put it in there, like, well, and then you put the mount on the wall, like you just some pompous ass. It's not that it's not that, you know what I mean? It's, it's not that that's not why that animal's there. That's a celebration of that animal's life. Like, like, look at, I mean, it's there to remind me. Right. Of everything it took to get there. Right. Which, which I've heard, you know, and, and people say even that's selfish, right? Sure. Oh, that's just sure. your ego. That's, and it know, is. 
I, I, I truly, I truly think to a point it's selfish that, 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 because I, I mean, it does, it's not ever easy taking a life. It's not something that I, you know, well, I'm going to go kill this animal. That's awesome. It's, I mean, to a point, yeah, it, it is, there is satisfaction, right? But at the same time, it's, it's not an easy task when it's all said and done. I still feel remorse. But it is a necessity. We know as conservationists, it's a necessity. Hunting is a necessity. It has to happen in order to, to maintain. Well, if right? it's not, if it's not us, it's government shooters, right? That are right. And I and I like think, what they were trying to do in New Zealand. I think was yeah, with the tar. I, yeah, and I think they're doing it though. Um, but I think people, it almost seems like they're okay with that, or they don't have the knowledge of it. So it's neither here nor there doesn't affect them. Uh, yeah. It that was matter. something that was something I, I just seen. It was a Rocky mountain elk ad, Rocky mountain elk foundation ad, right? Donate, become a member today. Right. And right below it, a guy from, I think he was from Michigan, from the Southern part of Michigan. He hops on there and he says, Oh, that's real good. I'm going to donate to something that doesn't even affect me. And I said, actually, you have elk in your state, thanks to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I said, there's, I said, there's elk in several states on the east side of the country, thanks to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And it, so, what? I'm sorry to cut you off. What's funny about that statement is when, whether it's you know, Wild Turkey Federation, um, RMEF, Mule Deer when they go in and they do habitat restoration and they open up access, it affects everything. It affects the entire ecosystem, the entire yeah. ecosystem. So everything is going to gain some benefit from it. And that's what I'd said to him. I said, look, I said, they're unlocking public access. I mean, there's so much that they do. Yes. It's named Rocky mountain elk foundation, but what they, they, they just do huge things. And I'm, you get a lot of guys that, that are, dead against big organizations because they think it's about lining their money with their pockets of money. And they may do that. I'm not saying they don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not on the inside workings of any organization or, or, or anything like that. However, if they're making progress and I'm seeing progress, I mean, what <laughs> one way or the other, that's better than nothing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Doing that homework and figuring out who you in line or in line with and making sure that, you know, it's in your, within your wheelhouse and your values. And you know, that's yeah. the one you should be going with. And that's another thing. Like we're on conservation. We probably go on this for days, but with that same outlook that he had, we as hunters should be in it for each other. Not just I'm a deer hunter. So anything deer unrelated, I'm going to stick to my guns and we're going to help each other out. Why, why are you not sticking up for the elk hunters? And why are the elk hunters not sticking up for the, bear hunters and you know what i'm saying we get we get such a separation amongst hunting it's it's unreal like around here around here predator hunting or or raccoon hunting and deer hunters do not get along it's right not just they all around think that, there <laughs> sure sure I, just an example so they don't get along they think that they're ruining each other's instead <laughs> there's no effect one way or the other I just, it's unreal. I, I, we just really need to do better and helping each other out and working together and sticking together. Yeah. I, well, 
What kind of camel do you use? What? You run that camel? Oh, my God. Right. Oh, it drives me nuts. You know what I mean? So it's just, like I said earlier, man, we're our own worst enemy um, when it comes to that. It's, yeah, zero sense. Zero. You know, I give a shit what camel you run. I run Confusion Camel. (laughs) We came up with that when I was in Colorado because I have Mossy Oak, I have Realtree, I have Scree, I have some Sitka, I have some, (laughs) like, I'm literally, there is not a, I don't have a solid camel pattern. There's not an animal in this world that's going to know what the heck I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably, there's the ticket right there. There's the ticket. (laughs) Different patterns. Yeah, that's, I mean, that whole thing is funny, man. I mean, you start talking about bow brands and, it's just, yeah, it's it's all horseshit. It's all insanity, man. I don't know why we do it. Yeah. You know, if it's bringing yeah. value to your experience while you're in the field and it's working for you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But don't hold it against another guy because you're shooting a Hoyt and he's shooting a Matthews or, you know, a Prime or an Elite or something like that. It's just right. phenomenally freaking stupid. We're all after the same thing. It's all the same yep. end result, right? I mean, either we're punching or we're not, and we're happy about being out there yeah craziness so um so how do folks get a hold of you in mountain hunter box um if they want to jump on get a subscription where to go sure so i'm all over social media i am on go wild and it's just under me it's not under mountain hunter box under Derek depew on go wild uh you can check out my instagram page mountain hunter box same thing with facebook mountain hunter box uh the website is, are you ready for it? It's really difficult. The mountain, the, make sure you put the, <laughs> the mountain hunter box.com. My email, even more difficult. The mountain hunter box at gmail.com. <laughs> Every, everything is right in line with each other. I try to keep everything the same. Right. A lot easier to find you. And then what, yeah. what's the monthly subscription price for the box? Uh, it is $44.99 a month. And we just got rid of our shipping. So there's free shipping. Oh, wow. And the general value in a box? Unless, I'm sorry, unless it's going to Canada. Because I get charged, I charge $15 for shipping, but they charge me around 18 I think it is. So, so free in the States, <laughs> pay ship to Canada. Yep. And then what are we looking at as, as far as value? What's your target value in the box for the $65 minimum. So you... you at the bare minimum. And I've only had one box and it was $66. That was recently. That was the, uh, that was the minimum. And that's, and that all has to do with margins. You know, I, I, whatever these companies are, a lot of them won't budge off of a, a, a low margin and it just, it eats, it eats into the box, but. That's still good. I right? Pro- 44 bucks. Yeah. Getting, you know, a minimum of $65 of, uh, of goodies every month. I just got the, the uh eats box man the last one and i got uh what what came in there a couple peak refuels some off-grid uh yeah some coffee uh, energy chocolate shoes i actually have two of those in front of me and i've been looking at them going no i'm going hiking tomorrow i can't eat them now (laughs) (laughs) i actually opened one and folded it back up and i went with the mountain ops phoenix it's like a post-workout but i i uh i took those when i was in colorado at the end of every day. And I truly believe that's what, like, the, after day one, my shoulders hurt so freaking bad. I couldn't, li- I couldn't lift my arms over my shoulders. And I woke up the next day and I had no issues. 
And I truly believe those, those played part in it. I kept myself hydrated, so that worked as well, but I, I truly believe that those work. So that's why I put those in there. It was a little off the wall thing, but to me, it was something that helped me through my hunt. So I figured that'd be a good thing to throw in the box. Man, that's awesome. I mean, if it's something you're using and it's working, man, it's, you know, bringing value. Sure. So anything sure. in closing, man, anything you want to get out there, say, before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah. So right now we are teaming up. Well, they've t- pretty much taken over. So they've taken over <laughs> our box, Kong, Kong Valley Collective. So they've taken over. They are fully curating this box that's going to ship out the first week of June. So uh, it's it's pretty awesome. They got some awesome stuff going in there. I, I gave them the reins. I said, you can do whatever you want. When you're done, just run it by me just so I have an idea. You know, and, and we'll go from there. But I, I gave them the reins. Do what you want to do. And I'm going to, we're going to get a special box designed for them. And do something different. These guys are trying to take and, over uh, the damn world. I'm telling you, they're doing it. So uh, if if you want, I can get you a coupon code. Let me know what you want it to be for your subscriber, for your listeners. And uh, I could throw that on the website. I can put that up tonight before I go to bed. Oh, okay. That way it's ready to roll. Awesome. Yeah, just uh, let's just throw Western Contours on there. Okay. Will do. I'll link them through the website. I'll throw you guys on there and link them through the website and let them tackle it, man. See if we can't uh, get some listeners enjoying that box as well. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate your time, Derek, man. Thanks for getting on and chatting with me and glad we can make this happen, man. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. You can catch up with Derek and Mountain Hunter Box on Instagram at Mountain Hunter Box. Head over to themountainhunterbox.com, enter code Western Contours, and receive $10 off your first box. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.